this morning's sermon, I kept thinking about how we have our church picnic this afternoon, as we've mentioned many times. And it made me think about this idea of, I love community. I love sitting down at a table with people and having conversation and just spending time getting to know people more and spending time just, just sharing with one another. And I think this is a great opportunity for us as a church, as a body, to say, we're going to sit together and we're going to break bread. We're going to have fellowship. We're going to have conversation. We're going to get to know each other more than maybe we already do. And so I, 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 just, I kept thinking about that idea of coming to a table, coming together and sitting in fellowship with one another. Uh, and I want to, once again, just everyone is welcome to come out uh, this afternoon. But with that thought in mind this morning, it made me think about in the bigger picture, that, you know what, when we think about life and we think about God and eternity, oftentimes we think about taking a seat at the table with Jesus, right? We say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend eternity in heaven with God, rejoicing and, and having a seat at His table. And I want to encourage you this morning to remind you that there is a spot for everyone at the table with Jesus Christ. That Jesus offers each of us the chance to pull up a chair and share that place with Him. And if you listen to Christian radio very much right now, there's a popular song called Come to the Table by Sidewalk Prophets. And it kind of talks about this idea of how we're all welcome to come to the table with Christ. We're all welcome to be with Him. And it doesn't matter what our past looks like. It doesn't matter what things we've done before, we're all welcome to come to the table and sit with Jesus Christ. And so this morning, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, the sermon is entitled, Pull Up a Chair, There's a Spot for Everyone. Pull Up a Chair, There's a Spot for Everyone. And at, at the conclusion of our service this morning, we're going to listen to that song, because I think it just relates and it connects well to what we're going to be sharing this morning. And our focus this morning is going to be threefold. Number one, each and every one of us start as an unbeliever. We all start as an unbeliever. Second part is that through love, we are introduced to God's grace and His mercy. Through God's love, we're introduced to His grace and His mercy. And then the third thing we'll talk about is how each of us has been redeemed through Christ. We've all been redeemed through Christ, and so our lives should be lived to give honor and glory to Him. We're all redeemed through Him, and so we should live our lives onto Him that bring glory to Him. So as I said, the first thing that we're going to talk about this morning is how each of us starts as an unbeliever. All of us at one point in our life, we were lost. We were wandering. We were, we were living in sin. And we were away from Jesus. We were away from God. We maybe felt hopeless. We felt hungry and thirsty. Maybe we felt like we had nothing that we could offer this world. We, maybe we thought, man, what, what is my role? What do I offer in this life? What do I bring to this world? Maybe, maybe at times we wonder, man, do I have any purpose? Is there value to my life? What is my identity? What, what, what do I live my life for? Am I just living for 
whatever is going on in the current moment with no regard for the future, no regard for how this may affect my decisions down the road. We've all been there. We all started as unbelievers. We were all lost and wandering and looking for something. Every single one of us. And maybe this morning you're still in that place. And you're living for yourself. Or maybe you're just not sure what you're living for. And that's okay. I'm glad that you're here with us. I'm glad that you have made the decision this morning to come and be with us here. Don't be discouraged. Don't be embarrassed. Don't feel like you're the only one. Because each of us started as an unbeliever. Each of us started lost and lonely, and unsure of where to go, myself included. I was an unbeliever who, who has made many mistakes. I've made many mistakes and many poor decisions in my life, as, as most of us would, could say. And actually, Scripture tells us in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned, right? It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us in and of ourselves, is worthy of being with God. None of us in and of ourselves is worthy of being in God, with God, in His presence. But He chooses to share Himself with us. In spite of our sins, in spite of our imperfections, God chooses to share Himself with us. God says that you know what? I, I see your baggage. I see your past. I see the sins. And I forgive them. I will choose to forgive them. When he sees you, he will no longer see those things. He shows us the ultimate example of compassion when we read in Matthew 7, or Micah 7, 8 and 19, where it says, Who is a God like you who pardons sins and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. The Israelites were God's promised people. They were an heir to the throne of God. But they had wandered away from God. Sin had, had, had crept into the Israelite people and had pulled them away from God. They were serving false gods and idols and all kinds of other things. And it resulted in them being in captivity and different things like that. But here we see God said, He's speaking through the prophet Micah, that even in spite of all of that, in spite of your sins, in spite of your transgressions, I will not stay angry forever, but I will show mercy. I would delight to show mercy. I will again have compassion on you. I will tread your sins underfoot and hurl all the iniquities into the depths of the sea. He pardons our sins. I think about that, right? Every year it's always a big deal when the president of our country pardons people for different sins that they've committed. He pardons them. It's wiped away. They're no longer viewed as having committed whatever he pardoned 
than four. God pardons our sins. He wipes them away. The slate is cleaned. He forgives our transgressions. Maybe that's a, a word that maybe you, you don't know exactly what it means. A transgression. It's an act that goes against a law, a rule, or a, con- a code of conduct. An offense to somebody. A transgression. I know that, that I stand here this morning and I'm very thankful that God is so forgiving. That He has mercy. And that He's willing to hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. I'm sure many of you are equally as thankful and grateful for the fact that God has mercy and shows us forgiveness. But maybe you wonder, why is that? Why does God show us mercy? Why is it that He chooses to forgive us of our sins? Why does He wipe our slate clean? Because of His unending love for us. Because of God's unending love for you, He shows you mercy and grace and is moved by compassion because He loves you. Unending. Nothing can change that. We can't earn His love. God will never stop loving us. We need to live with that understanding that God loves us and the freedom that comes with that. Because of His his unending love for us, He offers us grace and mercy. He says, pull up a seat to the table if you'd like to. There's a spot for you here. That is the second thing this morning, as I said, we'll talk about, is that through God's love and through His compassion, we're introduced to His grace and mercy. God loves us so much that He freely gives His grace and His mercy to us. He forgives our sins and He welcomes us into a relationship with Him. He gives us the opportunity to be adopted into the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We can become an adopted member in the family of God through our faith in Jesus Christ. Let us read from Galatians 3, starting with verse 23. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that the faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are heirs according to the promise that he gave to Abraham. Before Jesus, believers were required to live according to the Mosaic Covenant. Right? They had to make all kinds of different sacrifices to atone for their sins and the things that they did. And it was very tedious, and at times it was challenging because 
these sacrifices had to be perfect, unblemished animals, which for many people were hard to come by. It was hard to maybe have an animal that was even considered worthy of being used as a sacrifice. But when Jesus came, He created a new covenant for us where He Himself became the final atoning sacrifice for us in laying down His own life for you and I, for everyone, so that He could pay the price for our sins, that He could atone for our sins, and that we don't have to live according to the Mosaic Covenant anymore. When we come into a relationship with Christ, we all become members of the family of God. All. Everybody. Everyone can become a member of the family of God. No one is exempt from becoming a member of the family of God if they will surrender their heart to Him. If they will repent and turn of their sinful ways, they can come into a relationship with Christ. It's said that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. All are welcome. There's a spot at the table for everyone. Jesus died for you. He died for me. He died for everyone. Those we don't know, He died for everyone. His grace and His mercy are available to every person who will call upon His name. To anyone who will call upon the name of Christ, grace and mercy are available to them. So today, in 2017, what does that look like for us? How does this apply to us today? It means that, you know what? There's, there's liars. There's thieves. There's people who have done heinous acts of crime that have the opportunity to come into the family of Christ. And that sometimes is difficult for us to sit here and understand. But how could somebody who was willing to do something that terrible really come into relation with Christ? Because God has mercy and grace. He has compassion. And it says that He wipes away our sins. Our slate is made clean. That if, if they repent of their sins and call upon the name of Jesus, His mercy and His grace welcomes them into the family of God. So maybe there, there's, there's people in your life who have hurt you. Maybe, to be honest, they've made life just terribly miserable and difficult for a long time. That person still has the opportunity to take a seat at the table with Christ. And that's difficult because at times it, it can be challenging because maybe we've allowed bitterness to come into our heart towards that person or resentment has come into our hearts towards that person because of what they have done and we're just having a hard time forgiving them. 
Scripture says that we have to learn to forgive others. Or our sins will not be forgiven. And that, that's a whole other issue. But unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment can become very destructive things in our life if they're not dealt with. If we don't work through those different issues that we're dealing with in our life. Because the bottom line is that everybody has an opportunity to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ if they choose to do so. Nobody is exempt. Nobody is turned away. There's a seat at the table for everyone. And if we sit here and we're honest, you know what, if we have one of those hard relationships where maybe forgiveness and and bitterness has come into our life, how cool would it be to one day see that person come into a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ? Right? We are to pray for those that we're in disaccord with. We're to pray for those that maybe we don't always see eye to eye with. Because the bottom line is whether we have a difference with someone or not. We want to see people come into the family of Christ. That is what matters. is people coming into relationship with God. Being in union with Him. There's a seat at the table for everyone. Now that we, we understand that His grace and His mercy is available to us, We have to understand that we've all been redeemed through Jesus Christ. Our sins have been paid for. We've been bought by the blood of Christ and what He did for us. So what does that mean? What's next? What kind of action does that require of us? Scripture tells us that once we've given our heart to the Lord, once we've surrendered and come into relationship with Christ, that we are to live for Him. That we are to live our life for Christ, onto Him. No longer living for our own desires, no longer living for the selfish things of our flesh, but rather living for Him. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15 for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. That we are to live for him who died for us and rose again that we can have new life. We can have freedom and forgiveness from our sins, from our past, from the things that we've done. We believe that one person, Jesus Christ, died for everyone. Jesus died in our place. He redeemed us through His work upon the cross when He not only gave up His life but he then overcame death and the grave as we talked about during worship. And since he died for us, then we should no longer live for ourselves, 
but live for him who died for us and then was raised back to life. Here's a challenging question for us this morning. Christ gave everything for us. So shouldn't we turn around and give back everything for him? Christ gave everything for you and I. His life. So in return, shouldn't we as believers say, I need to give everything I have back to him. Because really everything I have, I owe to him. Everything I have that we talked about last week, everything we have has been placed in our hands by him. And so we need to live our life for him. And that's a question we have to ponder every day. What can I do for you today, Jesus? Jesus, what are you asking me to do today? How can I point others towards the cross and the grace and the mercy that God offers us through His Son, Jesus Christ? How can I be a witness and an example of what God has done so that other people can see that? As a result of being redeemed, we also get to live in freedom of our past sins and shame and regrets. That doesn't mean that we won't still have consequences for our past decisions. Because the reality is, is we do, there are consequences for everything that we do. And just because our sins are forgiven doesn't mean that the consequences may not still remain. But it means that we can walk in freedom knowing that we've been forgiven. Knowing that God doesn't see them anymore. That he hurled them into the depths of the sea. That, that once we give them to the Lord through repentance and through prayer, that we can let them go. You don't have to hold on to your past anymore. Present your sins to Christ. Give them to Him. Repent, turn away from them, and let them go. Be free of the sin and the struggle that maybe you've dealt with. Because we can't change the past. What was done yesterday can't be changed. But don't be weighed down by that which we can't change anymore. The things that have been done are done. Give them to Christ and let them go. Aren't you glad that God loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for you? I, I, I am. I, I, I still get amazed because... I don't understand that love fully. A love that someone says, I love you so much that I'm going to give my one and only son for you. I, I, we don't have any children yet. But even when we have children, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to wrap my mind fully around that idea of being willing to say, I would give my one and only child for somebody else. But God did. Because He loves you that much. That you've been redeemed through His death and resurrection. As we, I said earlier, we wrote Romans 3.23, which talked about how we're all born. We all fall, fall short of the glory of God because of our sins. But if we look at that passage in a little bit broader context, 
we'll get a little better idea of the whole picture of what this passage was talking about. So starting with verse 21, it says, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. Our righteousness or, or our, our right standing in God's eyes is received through faith in Jesus Christ to all who will believe in Him. To all who will believe and surrender their heart to Him. Again, in this passage, we see we're reminded that there's no difference between Jew or Gentile. There's no difference between race. There's no difference between gender. There's no difference between different socioeconomic classes. There is no division when it comes to the body of Christ. When it comes to the family of Christ, all are welcome. Everyone has a place at the seat, at the table with Christ. For we've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. But all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That God's grace and His mercy is available to each and every one of us. That there's a spot for all of us at the table with Him. Jesus shed His blood so that you and I had the opportunity to be redeemed of our sins and transgressions. Jesus gave everything. It's our turn to say, what can we give back? We're going to take the next couple minutes now. We're going to listen to the song. I want you to really listen to the lyrics of the song and what it says because it, it, it demonstrates or gives examples of, of what I'm talking about this morning, that there is a place at the table with Jesus for everyone. Go ahead, Todd. Is it coming up, Todd? Okay. That's okay. I'll read. This is what it says. It says, we all start on the outside. The outside looking in. This is where grace begins. We were hungry. We were thirsty with nothing left to give. Oh, the shape that we were in. Just when our hope seemed lost. 
Love opened the door for us. He said, come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. Come meet this motley crew of misfits, these liars and these thieves. There is no one unwelcome here. So that sin and that shame that you brought with you, you can leave it at the door. Let mercy draw you near. To the thief and to the doubter, to the hero and the coward, to the prisoner and the soldier, to the young and to the old, all who hunger, all who thirst, all the last and all the first, all the paupers and all the princes, all who failed you have been forgiven. All who dream and all who suffer, all who loved and lost another, all the chained and all the free, all who follow, all who lead, anyone who's been let down, all the lost you have been found. All who have been labeled, labeled right or wrong, to everyone who hears this song, come to the table. Come join the sinners. You have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. So sit down and be set free. Come to the table. Just sit down and rest a while. Just sit down and rest a while. But come to the table. All are welcome. It doesn't matter what the past has looked like. God's grace and His mercy through His unending love are available to all people. I love the line where it says, there's no one unwelcome here. There's nobody who is unwelcome at the table of Jesus Christ. All are welcome to come and sit with Him, to walk in relationship with Him. So we've discussed that everyone has a seat at the table with Jesus if they choose to believe in Him. And if you've made that decision before to give your heart to the Lord, you've already pulled your chair up to the table. However, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, I've never made that decision. I want to encourage you. Maybe this morning is the moment where you say, I want to pull my chair up to the table with Christ. I want to believe through faith in Jesus that He died, that I've been redeemed through Him and His death and His resurrection. You've heard about how much God loves you. How each of us starts as unbelievers. So as I said, that's not something to be embarrassed about. We all started as an unbeliever, wandering, lost, and away from God. 
That, that God forgives your sins. That He pardons them. He throws them into the sea. That through the ultimate display of love, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be a sacrifice for you and I. That grace and mercy is freely available today if you simply choose to believe in Him. One last passage I want to look at this morning before we conclude. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with, you heart, with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who come, who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. So this morning I want to give that opportunity. So with every, ha- every head bowed and every eye closed, I want this to be a, a moment of, of privacy between yourself and God. But I want to give you that opportunity to say, you know what, I'm ready to surrender my heart to Christ. I believe in who He is. I'm going to place my trust in Him. I'm turning away from my sins. I'm repenting and I want to live a life unto Him. I want to pull my chair up to the table with Christ. If that is you in here this morning with nobody looking around, then I ask that you just quickly place your hand in the air and just put it right back down. Awesome. Awesome. And I want all of us who have made this decision before, along with those who made the decision this morning, let us pray together. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I understand that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. I believe that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for my sins so that I can live for you the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. There's a spot for everybody at the table with Jesus.